on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. If we do this right, if we show that we're a hospitable community, that we're welcoming, that we're a bike-friendly community, there's an opportunity for folks to come back. Cities large and small across Iowa compete for the chance to host RAGBRAI and for good reason. Many organizations will continue to hold some events virtually in the future based on popular demand. And you'll hear about the lasting impact of the pandemic on women in the workforce. This is the Iowa Business Report for the end of July and the beginning of August 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Earlier this summer, you heard about a trio of June events sponsored by the Iowa Family Business Center by UNI. Now, as August begins, so does another full academic year of programming, both in person and virtual. Jane Kielman is program manager for the center. We really took what we learned from the COVID experience and found that the breakfast series is an awesome tool to remain virtual. And we found that there were parts of the state that loved the idea of being in a virtual setting because if you're in Dubuque or you're in Sioux City or in the southern part of the state, it's a little time prohibitive to be able to travel to a central location for a two-hour breakfast. And we also found that there were some experts just outside of our state borders that we could bring in that, again, the cost or the travel time would have made it difficult. So as we look to our new season, there will be five virtual breakfast sessions, and those will actually start in September and run through May of 2022. And we've spent a lot of time with our membership asking the issues that they want to hear about. So we're in the process of plugging those in. So they will be very topical and cover everything from succession, generational succession and the issues that go with that. Next Generation Leadership, we just finished one as we finished our season on family governance. And we always see a continued need for families to talk about that and develop that. So in some shape or form, that will be one of the five. What we're excited about and what we also got feedback and we missed was the face-to-face. After COVID, I think we're all just excited to get back to some type of interaction with each other. So that's how we're gonna launch. In August, we are working with the Fairway family and we will be having a tour lunch connect with them. So a nice full day, that's on Thursday, August 19th. Reynolds Kramer, who's the fourth generation and fourth CEO of Fairway for the Bickworth Kramer family has helped put together an awesome day. So we will be meeting at their distribution center and walking through what they've created and talk about the issues, the challenges of being a family business and making some of the decisions that they've made. There's some amazing technology in that warehouse. And Kramer has some stories that I just 
I loved hearing Walmart called them to ask a question about some of their technology. So it really, they're a shining star in terms of some of those big decisions they had, had to make. And their stories about how they had to ramp up through COVID and when you're walking and seeing it in real life, amazing how they not only came together as an operation, but also had to come together as a family to help solve some of those distribution chain issues that we all experienced in the grocery store, but it was multiplied in their world because it was their business. So you're going to do the breakfast series as virtual events. You're going to do this in person in August. What else might be on the list of high points for this next year so far? So November 11th, this was an idea from our membership. We're putting together a full day conference and that'll be in the Des Moines area. And that will bring all of our family businesses together for a full day of learning. Breakout rooms, various topics. We'll be announcing our keynote speaker, who's from the Midwest and part of a family business. That'll happen in the next couple months. So we have just a wonderful day of learning and a lot of fun elements to a full day conference that will come together for November 11th. We've used phrases like family business forum and family business program. Who's eligible to go to AdvanceIowa.com and find the links and, and get involved? Who is it that when you have these meetings, who's around the table? What, what sorts of uh, people can benefit from this? Yeah, it really is any family business. And we have some from the very small family business that might be just husband and wife And maybe they have some kids that are thinking someday. In many cases, those kids might still be fairly small. And then we have others that are multi-generational and much larger. So really anybody that identifies themselves as a family business is welcome to come try out our program, learn more about it, and see how they fit. It seems to me, and this is my misperception originally, because I looked at some of these things as designed for transition. And that is sort of true, but transition is not six months, 12 months, a year. In essence, a family-owned business, especially I can imagine if you're in the second or third generation, it's now become a bit of a pattern. And so your business is constantly in transition. And I thought of that, Jane, when you just said some of this next generation, second or third, might be quite small. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're not planning now for 15 years from now, when your progeny might want to join the business, you're losing some valuable opportunities in terms of how you operate your business and and how you prepare that next generation. So truly, if it's a family business, if there's a thought of we wanted to maintain that status, you're constantly in transition, aren't you? That's really a, a different way to think about it. No, that's a really good way to think about it. And I look at even the businesses we have involved If you look at their history, many of them started out as 20 to 25 for a headcount. It might be 100 to 200 today. So there is lots of transitions. And the more family or different family you have involved, because it's not always a husband, wife, or father, son, or son, daughter. In some cases, it's cousins and aunts and uncles. And each of them have a different lens for what they see for the business. And that's what's been fun about bringing this group together because it helps form plans, ideas, 
resources within the group to reach out and really help those businesses find the potential that hopefully all the family can agree on, but they don't always. So it really gives them a form to be able to bounce conflict and opportunities and challenges off each other and through our resources of professionals to find the best fit for them. Jane Kielman is program manager for the Iowa Family Business Center by UNI. For information about the center generally and these events in particular, go to AdvanceIowa.com and click on the Family Business Center tab. Still to come, workforce changes due to COVID-19, and in our business profile, the incentives to hosting RAGBRAI. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Next Generation Leadership Group, preparing family business members for executive-level responsibilities and ownership. For more, go to the Family Business Center tab at AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from Iowa History Journal. The current July-August issue features a cover story on legendary baseball pitcher Dazzy Vance. Get your copy of Iowa's only popular magazine devoted exclusively to its fascinating history at Fairway, Hy-Vee, and at iowahistoryjournal.com. We've previously discussed how the economic shutdown tied to the coronavirus pandemic has impacted work and workers. We're now getting a better sense of just how many women have been affected. Tiffany O'Donnell is CEO of Women Lead Change, an Iowa-based organization. Pure and simple, Jeff, workforce development through a gender lens. You know, we're all about advancing women leaders at all levels, and we do that through annual conferences, workshops. We fund research. Specifically now, it's been a lot about women in the workplace post-COVID. And then we also, of course, lead the Epic Corporate Challenge, which is our challenge to ask companies and individuals to begin actually measuring how we are advancing women leaders in the workplace. We actually have data now that does indicate, you know, we'll have anywhere from two to three million women who dropped out during COVID and as many as 200,000 senior level leaders that dropped out women who dropped out for, for a variety of reasons, ranging from burnout due to demands and the, and the constant change to, to child care and elder care. It's going to be interesting to see in this environment when businesses are back up and running, so many of them are going to continue to offer that flexible work environment, which we've always said, you know, women have clamored for that. We have wanted that. And I think we are going to see women coming back and taking advantage of that. The long-term effects in terms of visibility, I think we've yet to see what that looks like. How are you visible? What does mentorship look like? We know that's important to women who are interested in achieving leadership positions. You know, how are we intentional about rising now? And what does that look like? And I think that's a conversation that, you know, we at Women Lead Change are having. And I know others, um, certainly companies who are figuring out what their culture looks like going forward. We're all having these conversations right now. So uh, I, I would say it's very fluid. And, and it is my hope, though, that women do, as schools begin to open up in the fall and support returns, that we, we will see those women return in full force again. But we know we did take a hit. More information about Women Lead Change may be found on their website, wlcglobal.org.
Coming up, spending a day with 15 to 20,000 of your closest friends. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Family Business Center by UNI. Sponsors of an event in Boone on August 19th, call Tour, Lunch, and Connect with the Fairway family. Learn more by going to AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from the Iowa Soybean Association, driven to deliver for you and your farm. Join their growing family of more than 12,000 farmer members. Activate your farmer membership today at IASoybeans.com, powered by the Soybean Checkoff. In our business profile segment this week, we're going to focus on RAGBRAI, the Register's annual great bicycle ride across Iowa, which has been going on this past week during some brutally hot weather conditions. Having the ride pass through can mean great economic benefits for a city of any size. Waterloo played overnight host to the riders on Wednesday, exactly midway through the week-long event. Tavis Hall is executive director of Experience Waterloo, the area's convention and business entity. We spoke just before the downtown area of Iowa's sixth-largest city was transformed into the cyclist's home for the day. Look, it's not every day that you've got 16,000 bicyclists coming into your community. That's 16,000 registered. There's the tag-alongs, the, you know, the folks that just jump in. There's the folks who are there with support vehicles. So we're fully in- anticipating well north of 20,000 being in our city. And this is a great opportunity for us to welcome them. It's a great opportunity for us to sort of celebrate that we're getting back to some level of normal post-COVID. This really presents an amazing opportunity, both from an economic standpoint from small businesses and our ability to help, you know, just improve their bottom line, but also to celebrate collectively that we're all getting back to summer festivals, to enjoying each other's company. And Rag Rai is a really unique, really unique event, whether it's the riders or the communities that are showing, you know, what they are most proud of about the place that they love. Talk us through the process of how long you've been trying to get Ragbright to do an overnight stop in Waterloo. Yeah, so most of the time it's about a one-page sort of application. It's all you've got to submit, and they review it, and they just sort of pick based off of that. We knew that we were really passionate uh, in 2019, uh, really putting our best foot forward. So that application is usually due sometime October, November. We started to meet in August of 2019 to put sort of the basic bones of what we were going to be looking at. Camping at Exchange, camping at Waterworks, camping at Tibbetts, and the festival in downtown. So we knew that from about the beginning of August of 2019, put that plan on paper, really put a, a, a more full-throated proposal together, and submitted that over to Ragbri. And then January of 2020, they announced it down in Des Moines. And February of 2020 was what it was. Nobody knew, oh, is this going to be a two-month thing or is it a two-week thing? Or It wasn't until late April, I believe, that we finally said, okay, we can't do this. We knew that you couldn't rely on any data for what was going to happen the following week, let alone the following month or the following year. So we tried to keep things in motion 
and say, look, we're, we're planning in preparation for 2021. But we didn't know for sure until I believe it was about March of this year where they finally said, yep, it's happening. So it's only 23 months. So why go through this? What's yeah. it worth to us? Well, you know, it's there. there's certainly the economic part, not necessarily as an organization. We only have 1,500 hotel rooms in Waterloo. So we're not going to catch this huge windfall. But we do recognize that especially coming out of COVID and the impact on small businesses to now all of a sudden have 20,000 plus visitors in one day. It generates roughly 2.5, almost $2.6 million of economic impact just in one day. That's just here. We've got some really great festivals. We've got some really great conferences in terms of economic impact, and those are a million to a million and a half over three or four days. So you want to talk about a shot in the arm. This is it. And so there's that side of it just generating dollars for a hospitality industry that's really been decimated by COVID-19. But then there's the other part. RAGBRAI in its truest, sort of its truest form, its best form, presents an opportunity for communities to show themselves off. To say to a writer, we don't always look exactly like this, but we got a little bit of this that you should definitely come back for. If we do this right, if we show that we're a hospitable community, that we're welcoming, that we are bike-friendly community, there's an opportunity for folks to come back and enjoy over 100 miles of trail, to enjoy a water park, soon to be a theme park. We've got a lot going on. It's a great opportunity for us to say, yes, we've got this great infrastructure, but at the base of that infrastructure is some really amazing folks who are welcoming, that want folks to come in, want folks to experience you know, all the, all the unique things that Waterloo has to offer. We're a unique place compared to the rest of the state. It's an opportunity for us to really show that off. So we're excited. We're really excited for really the potential that RAGBRAI brings along with uh, some of the economic potential as well. I'm imagining there will be people who make their way to the amphitheater for the afternoon and the Riverloop Expo Plaza for the evening. And they'll look up and they'll see silos and smokestacks. Well, I'll have to come back again. What's that up there? That's the Iowa Veterans Museum. You know, there, there are all of these things where it becomes, I need to come back there. There's no time during the event necessarily for many of them to sample it, mm-hmm. but it now becomes a destination another time. That's right. We at Experience Waterloo, it's part of what drives us to try to bring folks here is because we know that once we get them here once, the community is going to be what brings them back. You've got a, a National Wrestling Museum. You've, you've got some really good pieces. And the thread that holds all those together are the people. And so that's why we're so excited to not just welcome the 20,000 plus riders, but we're, we're hoping for thousands of residents to come down as well and just celebrate with us. We're excited to, to welcome all of these folks. People watching is a real thing. Come rag bride. You know, in, <laughs> in Iowa, we don't always get a, a whole lot of opportunities for people watching. This one is uh, worth the price of admission, and this admission is free, so there's no reason not to come down and check this bad boy out. We're going we're gonna to have a really good time. There's some really cool partnerships that, that are happening here. You know, the pie eating contest is with TriPie, right? So there's, there's, a, there's a local flair to it. There's all these little bits and pieces that are going to make this event really fun. Nothing can replace being in there and experiencing it for yourself. So definitely encourage folks to come on down. Tavis Hall, Executive Director of Experience Waterloo, online at experiencewaterloo.com.
We spoke on Monday, July 26th. And the city of Waterloo will play host to another major tourism event soon, Iowa Irish Fest. The state's biggest Irish celebration will take place August 6th through the 8th. 48 performances from 19 different groups over that three-day period, including international performers. And soon after, the 11-day Iowa State Fair returns after a year off, with more than a million people expected through the turnstiles of the fairgrounds in Des Moines. And each one of those tourism events has a major impact on businesses large and small in the surrounding areas. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including Google, Apple, and Stitcher, 19 now in all. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.